Hello, I'm Niall. Welcome to the Kamunda Community Podcast, where you'll learn all sorts of things about Kamunda, BPMN, DMN, and general orchestration topics. Today, we're going to take on a topic that is kind of close to the heart of the community because a lot of people are getting involved and asking about connectors. Connectors are a new feature in Kamunda 8. They've existed for the last maybe eight or nine months and are kind of a, a big component in how people connect to existing systems. And the best people, I think, to talk about this, of course, would be uh, the product manager for the Hectors project, which is Bastian Kober, and of course, uh, my own colleague, the senior technical community builder, uh, Mia Moore. Uh, they sat together to discuss all the things that you want to know about connectors to help you understand what they are, what they do, and how to use them. So let's get started. Today's episode, we're talking about inbound connectors and webhook connectors. And I have with me Bastian Korber, Senior Product Manager at Kamunda. Welcome. Hi. So I'm Bastian Korber, Senior Product Manager at Kamunda. I'm responsible in general for the connectors and everything around us, so like the whole ecosystem for our connectors. Uh, joined Kamunda at December, so it's actually my six months, I think. And since, since then, I took over the connectors. Yeah, I didn't realize you joined so recently. So what exactly, if I didn't know anything about a connector or what connectors are, what would you describe them as? So connector is really about connecting systems. And this means Kamunda to any third-party system or any third-party system to Kamunda. And that's the easiest explanation, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about inbound connectors first, and then we'll move into webhook connectors. So what do you define as an inbound connector? So inbound connectors really that we are enabling external systems to trigger Kamunda. So with outbound connectors, we were always triggering external systems. And with inbound connectors, we are actually op opening up a gate for external systems. And um, so we are enabling external systems to trigger us and that we are creating a new process instance called by a third-party system. So for example, Twilio. Twilio is a messaging, messaging system and we want to start a process when we are receiving an SMS, for example. Right now, there was no solution and now you can spin up an inbound web connector and uh, every time if we are receiving an SMS, we start a new process and can work with this SMS and can answer this, for example, the customer request we can directly get the SMS, can answer it, and so on. So this is the difference. Outbound connector was always triggering something. So we triggered the system, and inbound connector, really easy spoken, is we get triggered by an external system. Yeah, that sounds really useful because I'm trying to think if there would even be a way to do it where, like, any workaround, I guess, maybe if we triggered the SMS message from Twilio, we could do it that way, sort of the opposite way, but but not the there was nothing previously like this, right? Yeah, it was always complicated, right? So you had to do some customizing stuff like calling a system or integrating your own solution, but there was no out-of-the-box solution. So every time if you wanted to get triggered, first you could use our gRPC bridge, which is gRPC is not a really known protocol. So some customers created a REST connector interface between this to start a new process. But from the modeler itself, there was no easy solution to really enable this and now with the new inbound connectors you're just dragging in a start event saying for example this is a web connector this should be the url this is what i'm expecting this is the authentication you're deploying the process and then you're going so super super easy for a really complex topic which normally takes a lot of time to develop 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds like a way easier alternative than kind of your own custom solution for insert thing here. Do you want to dive into a little bit how they work and what the architecture is and, and that sort of thing for our more technical audience? Yeah, sure. So maybe I'll start with the difference from outbound to inbound connector. So outbound connectors were really stateless. So it was just fire and forget. We triggered the system, get the response, and then we are done. Inbound connectors different because inbound connectors has to start a new process. So they're actually listening to every process which is deployed and checking, hey, is there any inbound connector? And if there's an inbound connector, we are registering this and listening to an event. And this is a totally different architecture than the outbound. It's really stateful. And this was also the really complex to develop because before connectors were just stateless and now we are stateful. So we are actually spinning up a connector runtime, which is first listening to operate and asking, is there any process which needs, for example, webhook start event? And if so, we're listening to the service, which is configured. And um, for example, let's go back to the Twilio. We are listening to Twilio and saying, okay, if we are receiving as an SMS, I have to start the following process instance. And this is totally new. And this is like the new architecture. And maybe I can just guide you through the lifetime of this connector. So first of all, we are starting the runtime. So we are really spinning up the connectors. Um, runtime, the inbound connector. Then we are configuring the connector in the web model. For example, we are dragging in the start event, saying, okay, this is my webhook URL. This is the authentication. Then I'm deploying the process. So this means the webhook is now active. And now I have to get the URL and go to the third-party system, which actually should call us. And um, if you're staying with Twilio, so we're going to Twilio saying, okay, if you receive a SMS at the following telephone number, just call the Camunda service. So we're actually spinning up similar like an API endpoint for Camunda, which can call us. And every time if they're calling us, we are starting a new process instance, which is executing the process. That is like the difference between inbound connector and outbound connector. Outbound connector was really just, we had a trigger like a manual trigger or anything was like a time-based trigger. And then there was a specific time where we were just uh, executing a connector. But now with the new start event and the inbound connectors, we are actually spinning up a process. So we are not directly part of the process, but we are creating new process instance, right? And I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah, even just you describing it, you said it took a long time to develop and was complicated to develop. And that makes total sense just hearing how you described it and how folks would have to have done it before if they wanted something similar. So yeah, that that sounds like it's much easier for the user because they don't have to do all of that messy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. For me, this was really, as I saw this at the first time, I was like, whoa, it's so easy. I didn't expect it, honestly. Just dragging the start event to the web model, configuring it, and then you have an endpoint. Because in the past, it was super complex. And I think this is a big game changer for a lot of people who want to call Kamunda and not just calling in a system from Kamunda. So really the other way around. Yeah, totally. Do you know of any use cases or specific examples that you could share where people are using this uh, effectively? Yeah, so what we have actually is in CI implementation. So where we're using the GitHub webhook integration. So every time if something is changing in GitHub, so for example, you're creating pull requests, we can spin up a process. And then you can, for example, just imagine you're creating a pull request 
and want to have a review and like an approval workflow. And we are just listening to this event, starting a new process, and then we are saying, okay, person XY have to approve this, and then the next one has to approve as well. So really, we can cover the full approval process from a GitHub implementation. So this, I think that's a really good case. Second case is customer services. So every time if you're getting new message and so on, you want to spin up a process, right? So you want to response. You maybe you need to check something beforehand. And there we can just directly catch the message, maybe check data in Salesforce. Is it actually a customer? What kind of issues does he had before? And can I solve this automatically or do I have to escalate this to a human? And then we can create a human task and can really start our process. So there are a bunch of uh, use cases here. Yeah. Every time if we want to listen to an event, especially with Swift Webhook. It's also like, for example, if you're creating a new order in Salesforce, we can listen to this webhook and uh, spin up a separate process on, around that. Yeah, it just sounds like it expands the, the possibilities immensely. I mean, it's one of those things that before you have it, you're like, oh, I, I, maybe you don't envision it, you, you can't think of it, but then once you have it, you're like, how did I live without this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, normally we were ever thinking of like, from the top level and we were orchestrating everything but now we're able to hook into systems and listen to events and then spin up a new process so that's really cool and super super easy and tech as i mentioned this super easy configuration is really game changer okay so we talked about inbound connectors and outbound connectors and you mentioned webhooks a little bit but we also have webhook connectors so what what is the difference there webhook is a specific type of inbound connector so we actually We'll have in the future three types of uh, inbound connectors. And we started with Webhook. Um, Webhook is based on the REST protocol. So we are actually spinning up a REST endpoint, which is currently supporting post messages. And you can call this endpoint why every REST client, or like if you have Postman installed, you can call it. Why is it called Webhook and not REST endpoint? I think um, a lot of people ask me this. Webhook is just a specific term that you're triggering a process. So we are registering and then we are saying with Webhook, let's trigger us and don't provide any big data and so on. So it's just more triggering. I think that's the biggest difference between Webhook and REST endpoint. But anyhow, the technology behind this is really, we're spinning up a REST endpoint, which supports POST gets a body message and you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, that's the difference. So inbound connector, webhook is one type of an inbound connector. The next question on my list is what's what's happening in the future? So let's dive right into it. Tell me everything. Yeah, perfect. Let's stick to the inbound connectors. Um, so currently we just talked about start events in the close future. So I want one month of pretty sure in 8.3, we will support intermediate events as well. So it's not just that you can start a process, but also in the middle of a process, you can define an inbound connector. So if you're just saying, okay, good example is UI passport. So you start a UI passport, but you have no clue when it's done. The current solution would be your polling. So you're always asking, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? And maybe after one day or a few hours, you're getting the result. And with intermediate events, you can just say, UI pass, call me if you're done. So we are not polling. You're just saying this URL, call me if you're done. And the bot is calling and saying, hey, now I'm done. Now you can continue the process. So this is also a big change, like the intermediate events. And then we are introducing message queues. 
for inbound connectors, that's the second big thing. Currently, we are working on RabbitMQ and Kafka, which really supports our microservice orchestration. So we are connecting. Currently, we have RabbitMQ and Kafka producers, so we can send events, but we can't receive events. And to make the story round, we also need to support receiving or subscribing to an event. And that's what we're currently working on. So really listening to events and then executing, which is also super powerful. Yeah, yeah, I can I can already envision sort of different different things that you could do with that. That makes total sense that that's next on the list. If someone wanted to find out more about connectors, what connectors we have available, where could they go? There's several about so one is for sure documentation and you can find everything. But we also have several community contributions and partner contributions. So if you want to check it out, go to our awesome connectors list. So we have actually in our GitHub awesome connector list where you can see several contributions from our community already and also from our partners. But there you can also find our own out-of-the-box connectors. Awesome. Yeah, I was hoping you would mention the awesome list because I help out with the Komunda Community Hub. So that's like my my baby. So I'm like, yes, we have all the connectors listed there. And that's really great because having them all in one spot makes it easier to see, especially those partner connectors and, and the ones that aren't under, like maybe not in our documentation and not official Komunda and such. But also folks can make their own connectors, right? Yeah, absolutely. There we are also now supporting inbound, right? So you can create your own inbound connectors. So if you want to have a system-specific connectors, I mentioned already Twilio or Salesforce, um, you can create it. And for some, you only need to create a new template. For other one, you can use our connector SDK and really create your custom solution and add your custom logic, whatever you want. So it's not just that we're providing the out-of-the-box connectors. So we are always providing connector SDK support. So everything what we are doing as part of our connector SDK and everyone can access the connector SDK. So actually what we are doing, everyone else can do as well because we're using the same base. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And I love that too, because, you know, if you if you create an all new connector, you can share it with the rest of the community and everyone benefits. So yeah, yeah and actually, very cool. actually that's where we want to go, right? So that's also how we are seeing envision the future of connectors. I see connectors as an ecosystem and, Honestly, everyone needs to connect to a system. And why should we do it twice if we can just share it? And our awesomeness is a good start where we have one spot where we can share it. But I think also in the future, having something like a marketplace where we can make it more visible, easier to discover, and also an integration to our web model so that we it's just plug and play and say, okay, there was already a Salesforce connector. Why should I do it by own? Let's download it. Oh, there's a specific, really cool inbound connector which React reacts to a specific need, what I also need. Why should I do it by my own? Let's use the community. And I think this is super powerful. And that's why, why I love this connector SDK and that we are using our own tools and make it accessible to everyone else. Right? Yeah, I think that's such a wonderful thing to do. And, and again, like it, it's so helpful because, you know, I've worked for companies where we'll see a lot of requests for a specific thing, but it's not on the roadmap. And you don't have to wait for the roadmap with this, right? Like we give you the tools to do it. So I think that's that's really great. So definitely check that out if that sounds like something you are interested in. Yeah, and also if you're looking for specific connectors to a specific system, right? So we have this idea of protocol connectors. And if you just check out like our UI parts or ChatGPT connectors, they are pure templates. So you don't need to have coding experience for Java, just JSON and configure it. And then you have an easy to use connector and then you can share it with the community as well. So I think with the new connector SDK, we are making much more easier to create a connector. We still have the powerful connector SDK, which is pure Java code and you can do everything. 
But on top of that, we have our protocol connectors, which can connect to any kind of protocols. Like inbound connectors is a good example. Right? Webhook is a protocol, and you, you can customize your own uh, connector on top of that, like the GitHub connector. But also for outbound connectors, we have REST, we have GraphQL, and so on, like the common protocols. And you can just create your own custom templates, which customize it and makes it easier to use. So I think this is super powerful. Awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover that we didn't get into? I think we covered a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, I think um, maybe just come back to inbound connector versus outbound connector because that's where we started and that's maybe summarizes. Um, the biggest difference, as I mentioned, is stateful versus stateless and also how difficult it was before to spin up like listening events so that Kamunda is actually listening to a third-party system, uh, which is now much easier in the neighbors. A lot of more business cases you can automate easily, right? So before it was hard, you need to pause anything and always take care. Now Kamuna takes care with inbound connectors and you don't need to, you can focus really on your process automation, not on the technical stuff. Yeah, I think that's actually a great challenge to issue to folks is how can connectors help with what you're doing with Kamunda? Because I bet they can. If you're not using inbound connectors, I bet there's there's probably at least one area that you could. And I think that'd be interesting to see. So yeah, I'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for your time. I thought I understood connectors before, but I understand them way better now. I also want to ask our audience, if you have an interesting use case, an interesting thing that you've done with connectors, we would love to hear more about it. So please let us know. We'd love to hear from you and let us know if there's anything else you want us to dive deep into with connectors. Thanks again so much for your time, Bastion. And have a good one. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to hear from Mia and Bastian, and especially because I've been messing around a lot with the connectors recently, and both the out of the box ones and building my own. But of course, almost all of them being outbound. The really nice thing is the inbound connectors, which the first iteration already exists, and the alpha version, which I'm really excited about, which means that I'm really, really looking forward to being able to build a process that uses both inbound and outbound connectors to be able to like send and receive Kafka messages, like Bastian mentioned. But also that means you can orchestrate your whole process with Kafka messages floating around the place, which is pretty cool. And the intermediate events are also kind of going to be a big deal. They're all, they are already available on the alpha release, which I checked out recently. And it's a really fun thing to be able to add an event randomly in your process and then be able to set up a REST call to just trigger it. Because right now, webhooks and intermediate events kind of work really well. There's actually a lot of applications for that. So I'm kind of looking forward to building some examples and seeing how the community actually uses those. Speaking about that, if you actually want to build some connectors or get involved in the project, of course, Bastian already mentioned that there's some nice documentation. We also have the forum, which is linked in the show notes, and of course the um, community hub as well. Before we wrap things up, I want to say a big congratulations to the Kamunda Champions. A new cohort has just showed up and I want to say thank you very much for all your work that you do. These folks are go around answering forum questions, they build code examples, they talk on uh, presentations and things about Kamunda and it's a great, great help for the rest of the community that these folks are sharing their knowledge. So I want to say thanks very much. I had the pleasure of meeting a whole bunch of them at the Community Summit and uh, it was delightful. Uh, lovely folk and I'm looking forward to seeing them again. But when would I see them again? Well. Probably September. Why? Because in September, in New York, KamundaCon is back. And KamundaCon, if you don't know, is a lovely spot where we get a bunch of Kamunda experts together to talk about the things they've learned, built, and solved with Kamunda. You can check out more details on KamundaCon.com and save your seat there. If you're interested in hearing more of our lovely Kamunda adventures, feel free, of course, to subscribe. And I shall leave you now. I have been Niall the whole time. Bye-bye.